0: We'd like to warn our listeners that this episode deals with topics of abuse, addiction, and death. Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode 6, Britney Mania. Hello, hello to everyone all the What are you doing? (laughs) What? (laughs) I wanted to greet our new listeners because we just have so many now, and um, all the way from Kazakhstan to Luxembourg to Iceland, so cool, Mr. Worldwide, dale. Alright, so we're in a good mood. Let's quickly discuss the amazing news from last week. The evil has been defeated! not quite, but we're getting closer and closer every day. Judge Brenda Penny has, um, in a turn of events, joined the right side of history and has suspended Jamie as Britney's conservator, and he has been replaced by an accountant who will go over every single thing he did so they can get his ass. Anyway, I am very happy about this news. Me too. Everyone should be happy about this great news. So we'll be covering Britney's Grammy-worthy movie this episode, Crossroads. And the question of the episode is, which Crossroads girl are you? I made us do a quiz for this. I got Mimi, I'll read the description. We've got ourselves a Mimi. You are a truly great friend and loyal to a fault. Despite your tough exterior, you're a total sweetheart on the inside. A word of advice, however. Be honest with yourself about your dreams of pop superstardom. If you can't cut it at karaoke, chances are you won't win a contest with a record label. Now that's very specific. So Krina got Lucy, which is Brittany's character. Okay, I'll read it. You're Lucy. You're super smart and hardworking. But no matter how impressive your professional and academic accomplishments are, you can be unsure of yourself when it comes to matters of the heart. And that's okay. You might say it's all part of being neither a girl nor yet a woman. Love that for us. So <laughs> um, I'll put the quiz on our website in case you guys want to do it. I mean, it's fun and totally watch the movie. We'll obviously get more into it later on, but let's uh let's get started as we've been doing i'm gonna start off with our bff steve dennis and his questionable book um inside the dream so he writes that beginning in the winter of 2000 which we already kind of covered but i want to sort of go back to that and have a little bit of overlap Brittany began quote suffering massive anxieties in the middle of the night end quote Remember that source we talked about last episode, Well, they're back, and they told Dennis that, quote, she had trouble sleeping and had these crying fits. She was turning extremely restless and agitated. Nighttimes were the only times she was truly alone, and she struggled with that. End quote. This became an ongoing problem, and she'd reach out to Justin, who she was dating at the time, In the middle of the night, in order to talk to him and calm her anxieties, she started expressing that she was depressed and her team began to worry. The source shares that, quote, she was impulsive, spontaneous, and random, and no one was ever sure what satisfied her. Only exhaustion would eventually knock her out, end quote. Random is such a weird word for that because, like, So Tumblr 2000? Exactly. (laughs) Like, okay, she's random and quirky. We get it. Dennis argues that these anxieties were not drug-induced, but rather a result of Britney's natural state. All right, I'm about to go on a rant. Here, he sort of insinuates that she's bipolar or has some sort of personality disorder. He's not her physician. He's not her psychiatrist. He's not anywhere near that. He has never even met her. Neither am I, and neither have I. Same with the tabloids, same with Dr. Phil, who met her but does not know her. He's not really a doctor. He's not. And you know what? Dr. Phil actually becomes relevant in later years, so yes, I mentioned him on purpose. No one but Brittany's doctors and whomever they have told know whatever diagnosis she has, and that's exactly how it should stay, unless, of course, Brittany wants to change that. And you know what, I don't even trust her doctors to actually diagnose or help her properly after what she has said in her testimony. And the problem is her mental health has been used as a weapon against her and her privacy was totally breached at the conception of the conservatorship. So, you know, let's not make it worse and let's not speculate over what mental health issues she has or may not have. In my opinion, whatever mental illness is she may have, are completely irrelevant to the conservatorship. We'll talk more about that in the future. But anyway, too many people speculate whether or not she's bipolar. I see it all the time. And she, everyone on this planet, all of them, they all deserve privacy in this matter. in any matters of health, right? So if she shares later on, Great, then it becomes something we can discuss, in my opinion. If not, then that is perfectly fine. I mean, I think it's okay to talk about whatever she has talked about. So having anxiety and feeling alone and vulnerable are things that she has been open about, so I'm okay with talking about that. And whatever mental health struggle she has not confirmed herself, I'm not going to speculate on beyond reporting what others have said in order to analyze how the media portrayed her. It's tricky because I want to cover this stuff and show people how all of this clownery affected her back in the day and what led to the incidents in 2007. But I want to strike a balance between respecting her boundaries and also sharing her story, so I'm trying my best. So, according to Dennis, Jamie was super worried about Britney. He had seen an article in uh, the tabloid The Star alleging that Britney had been doing cocaine in a nightclub in Miami which um, apparently has never actually been proven. Like, there were no pictures or anything. It was just a source revealed that. Someone from Kentwood told Dennis that this news prompted Jamie to talk to Brittany and tell her, quote, "'My baby girl, I love you so much. "'You can come home anytime you want. "'You don't need to do this,' end quote." Okay, first of all, who is this source? Like, who would know, word for word, what Jamie said, and then, like, remember it all these years ago, right? Like. Yeah, that seems kind of fishy or something. Like, that is a direct quote. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so, so detailed. <laughs> like, what? Also, it doesn't sound like something Jamie would really say, I mean, we know that he was talking at the time about how his daughter's gonna buy him a yacht. So I don't know. In my opinion, I sort of feel like the source is Jamie or someone really close to him who is, you know, trying to make himself look better. So, but we'll never know. Or maybe we will, but we don't right now. Regardless, Britney did end up taking a sort of break from her really, really busy schedule with touring after the Oops Tour ended. And by break, I mean, like I just said, no tours. Don't get me wrong, she absolutely was doing a lot of stuff. But it kind of seems like it was, it was newer stuff, um, a bit less grueling, a little bit more fun. And during this break from touring, the off-duty Britney talked in a very thick Southern accent, um, like a drawl. She goofed around and she became very carefree. Um, And I think if you watch videos of her at that time, you'll for sure notice that. She's very confident in herself, but she also has a lot of fun. So I like this sort of positivity that we have going into this episode. 2001 was a fantastic year for Britney. She had so many opportunities, and in my opinion, this is when she really cemented herself as a legend. There's no way I can cover everything she did here because she was just so damn booked and busy. In January, she did the Super Bowl halftime show with Aerosmith, NSYNC, and Mary J. Blige. She signed a 7 million to $8 million million dollar deal with Pepsi and gave us so many great looks, one of those being the denim outfits with JT. Obviously, I cannot go into all of these moments in depth, but I'll do my best in telling you the story of the one and only Miss Britney Spears in 2001. Honestly, like, you just had to be there. I wasn't, really. I was, like, three years old. (laughs) But you just had to be there. So let's start with her acting debut, Crossroads. Or I guess it was more of, like, her movie debut because she actually had acted in Sabrina the Teenage Witch um, a couple of years before. So Dennis reveals that Britney was actually given a Steven Spielberg script to consider playing a role in a film that was still in development. Apparently, it would have been, quote, a cross between Dirty Dancing and The Flamingo Kid, end quote. I've never seen The Flamingo Kid. I've never even heard of it. Me neither. So apparently that actually led nowhere, and her team instead chose to do a movie that casted her as the star, quote, a vehicle for the brand, end quote. According to Everyone, Brittany came up with a concept, which Shonda Rhimes, yes, the creator of amazing shows like Grey's Anatomy and Scandal, took and developed into the film that would eventually be titled Crossroads. The cast included Kim Cattrall, who played Samantha in Sex and the City, and Zoe Saldana, who was in Avatar, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Star Trek. So, the cast, not too shabby. The film is set in Georgia and follows three teenage besties on a cross-country road trip. Britney described it as a movie about, quote, this journey that the three of us best friends take, finding ourselves and what we want out of life and getting our friendships back. Friends are all you have at the end of the day. When your boyfriend breaks up with you, who do you call? Your girlfriend. I just love that message, end quote. That's a great description from Brittany. And, you know, again, it makes me sad because now we know that her team actively worked to push people away from her by doing shit like monitoring her texts, not allowing her to venture outside her home, screening every single person she saw. Yeah, they belong in jail. The film began filming in March 2001, it lasted around six months, and when the film was released in February of 2002, it received mostly negative reviews from critics, but was considered to be a box office success. The cast and crew had nothing but good things to say about Britney. Justin Long, who plays Britney's character Lucy's best friend from high school, was reportedly impressed by her work ethic. Quote, She could not have been more down-to-earth. She's the sweetest girl. After 10 minutes, I forgot she was a big pop star. End quote. And even Robert De Niro convinced another one of the actors, Anson Mount, that Britney was a, quote, sweet girl, end quote, and that he had to do Crossroads. Which is kind of funny to me. Like, Robert De Niro convincing someone that they need to do Crossroads. Anyway, in terms of awards... Yes, this film won rewards. Britney won the Razzie for both Worst Actress and Worst Original Song from Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. And you know what? I just started to love this song. It's so cheesy, but the delivery is great. I don't know. Was she snubbed from the Grammys? Probably. Or not the Grammys. Well, the Grammys and the the Oscars. Both of them. But yeah, she won... Rigged. She won <laughs> her <assies. laughs> Now let's talk about the book A Mother's Gift. Yes, Brittany wrote another book with her mom. Loosely based on Brittany's life, the novel was published in April 2001, so about a month after filming for Crossroads began. And I'll read the synopsis. Holly Faye Lavelle sure can sing. Everyone in Biscay, Mississippi knows that. And when at 14, she becomes the youngest student ever to win a scholarship to the prestigious Haverty School of Music, her dreams of pursuing a singing career is on its way. But for the first time in her life, Holly must leave behind her mother, Wanda. Although they don't have much in the way of money, there's always been plenty of love. And there's always been Wanda's birthmark, an ugly red scar on the side of her face that makes people who don't know her turn away now that holly's off with her posh new friends and new life she's ashamed to find herself embarrassed by her mom and their humble background and wanda finds herself wanting to reveal a long hidden secret a secret that could destroy their bond forever wow sounds pretty good (laughs) spoiler alert the secret is that holly is adopted Now, I don't want to read too much into this, but I find that sort of interesting. She also has a super rich roommate, and here's a quote from that roommate. Quote, Oh, Holly, I'm so miserable. Sniffed it. I may be rich, but my parents don't love me. How I envy the poor but honest closeness of your family. End quote. Shakespeare can never. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> okay, it's honestly. That's beautiful. I, I want to teach a course where we only talk about the works of the great Miss Britney Spears, whether it be her songs, her movie, or of course, this amazing novel. Uh, you could probably. There's courses on like The weekend and Drake. So there? why not the legendary Britney? And I don't want to get all English major on this, but I feel like. Dit, the really rich roommate, represents who Britney is at the point of writing this, and Holly is the sort of like naive dreamer that Britney used to be before she became Dit, right? As Dennis suggests, and honestly, based off of multiple interviews throughout the years, it's very likely that um, Britney missed her old life. She wants to go back to being Holly, the poor but very loved girl but she's stuck as dits the rich and lonely girl who seemingly has everything, but really has nothing. She also may be romanticizing her past a wee bit, because as you know, if you listen to our first few episodes, her childhood was far from perfect. I didn't read the entire book, if I'm gonna be honest, but from what I did read, I didn't see any mention of a dad, and if he's there, his role is minor, so it's also possible that she decided to give Holly A rose-colored version of her childhood by including poverty and family secrets, but leaving out an abusive and absent father in order to continue hiding her past. Which, by the way, I think is totally valid, and I would never want to expose someone else's past. Unless their horrible father forced them into an illegitimate conservatorship and they needed all the help they could get in order to break free. That's a very specific set (laughs) of circumstances. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. So this is news to me, but in 2004, it was actually adapted for a straight-to-TV movie called Brave New Girl, which is a song on Britney's fourth album, In The Zone. Britney was included as an executive producer, so it looks like we're about to have a Britney movie night. Uh, yeah. Crossroads. I haven't seen any of these. I haven't either, to be honest. Um, I'm not really a movie person, but um, I will be for this i'll be anything for britney okay so okay so let's talk about the tv diary of tv diary mtv diary of britney spears uh which sort of documents her life from june 2001 to september 2001 it's like a series or sorry it was a series on mtv i don't think they do it anymore and they follow around um, artists and celebrities and You sort of get to see behind the scenes and just how they live their everyday life. So it documents her getting ready to promote the Britney album and it ends right before her VMA performance. I recommend everyone actually watch this because it's very cute and it's fun and Honestly, I really feel like you get to know Britney as, I mean, as much as she wants you to anyway. But, you know, I mean, it's still fun, and I do feel like she's one of the more genuine celebrities, and it's just nice to see. You think you know, but you have no idea is, like, the tagline of the show, and she just keeps saying it throughout the entire episode. It's kind of funny. And it begins in June 2001, so... She calls 2001 one of the best years but also one of the hardest years and just from an outside perspective I can totally see that. Like I said 2001 was a great year for her in terms of her career but I mean of course that's gonna mean that if you're working a lot you're gonna be stressed and maybe a bit run down and also we'll get to uh basically what was like her the beginning of her downfall in the media, which happened in 2001. It hasn't happened yet at the time of filming this, but I don't know, maybe she knew something. 2001 seems to be the year when she really starts focusing on independence. And I think that her uh, her music that she released this year reflects this as well. So she talks about feeling in control of her life and how awesome it is to be living alone, which sucks because she, as was just revealed, Literally was never alone since some father and some other people, including black box security, decided that it would be okay to record her in her bedroom all the time. We also get to see in, uh, in the diary how much she loves driving because it reminds her of home and I'm guessing it reminded her of being normal. This is also sad because we know she wasn't allowed to drive under the conservatorship for a really long time. Or if she did, like she was never alone. Justin makes an appearance, and honestly, it's really endearing the way she talks about him. And at this point it just seems like their relationship was a normal cute first love sort of situation. She seems, she seems She seems very head over heels for him and just happy. Of course, who knows what was actually going on but like I said, she she does seem like a very genuine person and I do believe that they were very happy and she really did love him. So there's this scene where they're all, I shouldn't say all of them because Jamie is oddly missing, but the entire family including Justin and his mom are having dinner. And Brittany calls Jamie Lynn a diva and says, we better watch out because, quote, she's crazy, end quote. I have no comment on that one. So the dynamic, other than the fact that Jamie is missing, seems really nice and sweet, very normal. Who knows why he wasn't there? You know, maybe... Maybe he was drunk. I was going to say, maybe he was, like, building something, or maybe he was, uh... Building something. I don't know. He He's, like, a Shit, he was in construction or something. Maybe he to... was constructing something. We then get to see Britney recording the album with Max Martin, which is really cool. If you all remember, Max Martin was the genius behind Baby One More Time. So we get some live vocals. She sounds really great. And she's recording the song, Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. She wants us to know that she can really relate to this song because she doesn't want people seeing her as a little girl anymore. If you don't know the song, pause the podcast, go watch the the music video. It's really cheesy, I will say that. But it's really cute and it's of its time, you know? So, plus it makes sense with her movie. Like, this album was kind of co-released, but... Uh, there was a lot of overlap with the album and the movie, so it sort of makes sense. Then she talks about being seen as a sex symbol, which is interesting because as she previously stated, there's an issue with her being treated as a little girl. So we talked about this before, I'm not going to get into it again because it's just a long conversation we already had, but again, it's just really gross and weird. So moving on to July... She's the Grand Marshal for NASCAR. Do you know what that is? Is it where you have the flags and you go, like, put the flag down? I don't know. Oh. oh, I'm you- asking oh, you. Oh, I thought you were quizzing me. No, I don't know what that is. Do you know what NASCAR is? It's the car racing thing. Ding, ding, we have a winner. <laughs> so, as you can see, we know nothing about this stuff. um, But... I've like never thought about NASCAR, except for when I think about Brittany as the Grand Marshal for NASCAR. But yeah, anyway, she does this in Daytona, Florida. I'm pretty sure that's in Florida, which gave us some super iconic photos that I will absolutely be posting on Instagram. And this part really shows us how close Felicia and Britney are. It makes me want to cry because Felicia recently revealed that Britney's team basically manipulated and lied to her in order to force them apart. So this is just very bittersweet. And it's also very bittersweet watching her and Jamie Lynn interact because they just seem to have such a close and just really adorable sisterly bond. And Britney mentions sort of regretting not being able to be there for Jamie Lynn all the time because of her career. And looking at their relationship now, or at least from the outside, it's hard to think about how they must have grown apart. But who knows? I mean, of course, we don't actually know what their relationship is like. It's just, I don't know, based on their Instagram interactions, which Eat, Pray, Brittany has covered in um, a few of their latest episodes. So go listen to those if you want to know more. But... Who knows? We can only really speculate about that. And finally, we see Jamie, he makes an appearance. It has apparently been more than a month since the last time she saw him, but it was his birthday. So they threw a party for him and she bought him a gold bracelet. And I guess the NASCAR thing was kind of for Jamie's birthday. Her and her dad rode in a race car together and it's, it's really sweet. She says that his happiness makes her happy. It's horrible because I feel like if they just asked her, she would have supported them as much as they needed. And I mean, this is clear because she did do that. She did that Mm -hmm. for so long. But once they felt that she was out of their control and she no longer wanted to support them because of how shitty they were to her, then they just forced her hand in the worst way possible. So it just sucks here seeing her want happiness for her dad and knowing that he took hers away for 13 years. They're still putting up a front of a big, happy family, and Brittany frequently says, my family is amazing, I'm really blessed, I have great people around me. And I hope that she really did feel that way. But, again, knowing what went on behind the scenes when she was a child and then early on in her, very early on in her career, it's, it's tough to watch. At the end of July, she participates in a basketball charity game, which she says she's really nervous for, even though she's not usually nervous for things. Now, this is important. I want to note, she keeps saying she's really nervous for literally every event in this diary. So every time she has to do something, like speak or participate or something, or even going on a roller coaster, she keeps saying how nervous she is and then sort of downplaying it. So this backs up what Dennis was saying about her anxiety and this is a kind of a funny moment but her and Justin had nicknames for each other on their jerseys so Justin is stinky and Brittany is pinky apparently Justin called her pinky one day and for some reason according to her she started calling him stinky and it's just funny seeing her like kind of um I don't know I don't know she's like and for some reason (laughs) it's like you totally know I mean, if you're old enough to listen to this podcast, then you're probably old enough to put two and two together. <laughs> what? Well, I don't get it. Stinky? Stinky pinky? Stinky pinky? What does that mean? Oh my god, Corinna. What's, like hanky panky? No. <laughs> like a penis? No. What is it? Oh my god. I don't get it. I don't know what that is. Search stinky pinky. I want to see. No, it's not. Okay, hold on. Do you get it now? Ew! (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Oh, okay. I see. Very naughty. (laughs) I get it because he he's stinky and she's pinky. Okay. So honestly, I get it like, it's kind of cute. I hate liking them together, but I do understand why people want them to be together again or wish that they stayed together. It couldn't be me, but honestly, watching this, they just seem really cute and I don't know. But she does mention that they barely get to see each other. That's obviously not great for most relationships, Then we get some insight into the iconic VMAs performance from 2000, so the previous year. Brittany and I have something in common. She loves the VMAs oops performance, and she had no idea that what she was wearing would be such a big deal. She says her comfort in what she's wearing should be the only thing that matters and the opinion of herself and her family and loved ones. So as she's talking about this she's of course getting ready for the infamous and iconic Slave For You performance which is really awesome to watch. Apparently she only had three days of rehearsals for one of the most perfect pop performances ever. Wade Robson obviously is her choreographer and that's really interesting to watch and sort of learn about their dynamic and friendship. You'll find out why it's interesting in a few minutes. Even from the few minutes in this special, you can see that they're really close and that Brittany really appreciates him as both a friend and as a part of her team and maybe something a little bit more. So she's got this fantastic charity that they they have a little segment on at the end that runs a performing arts camp for underprivileged kids. They get to work with great choreographers and coaches in order to really hone their talents in a way that may have not been possible without Britney's foundation. So that's really cool. And obviously she has a connection to this cause. We know she loves kids as well. Don't forget about this foundation because it comes up later on. And also I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift attended. There's like a picture of them online. It's super random. And also Taylor Swift was definitely uh I'm pretty sure she, she wasn't like rich growing up, but she for sure wasn't poor. Like she was in the camp as yeah. a child? I'm pretty ah! sure. What? Yeah, before she was famous. Wow. I should have gone to that camp. <laughs> so, yeah, but you would have been like three. Can never start too young. <laughs> I mean, Brittany started at three. I started dancing at three. Didn't you start gymnastics? Yeah, like three. Yeah, true. See, there you go. We're all prodigies here. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of the diary. And there's so much more that happens. Um, There's lots of little cute, funny moments, but you'll just have to watch it for yourself to see. It's on YouTube. Just search MTV Diary of Britney Spears. It's worth it. It's like 40 minutes. The MTV Performance... She debuted Slave For You on the VMA stage, which I think was a first. So imagine, you're just like in the audience, you're waiting for Britney Spears to come out, you're thinking about her last performance, and you're like, wow, I'm so happy I get to see this. And then she comes out, and it's a song you never heard before, and it's I'm a Slave For You. Could you fucking imagine? I think I'd die. Yeah. I think I'd just ascend to heaven at that point. (laughs) So this entire performance, which is obviously Corinna's favorite, and it's definitely a highlight for me, is mm. freaking glorious. I mean, let's not get into, like, the animal abuse thing. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> in that way, it's not my favorite. No, but let's let's just focus on the positive things, guys. She's in a freaking cage with a tiger, and then she comes mm-hmm. out. She's fierce as hell. She's got this beautiful outfit. She looks super sexy and beautiful, Her dancing is probably the best choreography we've ever seen from her. She's killing it. And then she brings out a snake? What the fuck? (laughs) Oh man, it's just so, it's so good. So the snake handler, Mike Hanno, mentioned in an interview this year, like 2021, last month actually, that Britney was great to work with. She's a super hard worker, but... He had witnessed something go down however he doesn't describe the situation at all quote there was one thing that occurred during the rehearsal and it involved somebody within her inner circle but i don't feel like i'm at liberty to discuss it that could change at some point it gave me good insight into exactly what the hell was going on then and probably still what's behind a lot of the stuff going on now but i wish her the best I think that she's probably somebody that's worked very hard since she was very young and she's had a lot of success, end quote. I really hope he talks about what exactly he saw. Mm -hmm. I'd be really interested. I wonder what it was. Like, who was the member of the inner circle? Was it Jamie or Justin, possibly? Yeah. I don't think it was Justin because I'll talk about Justin in a little bit. But I feel like it was probably Jamie or her manager. Yeah. I don't know. He said inner circle. So it had to have been somebody close to her, obviously. Mm -hmm. I hope that eventually he says something. I think that it's probably because of an NDA that he signed and he's scared of uh, repercussions. In another interview, Mike adds that, quote, she was extremely, extremely scared at first, end quote, like of the snake. And that's normal, for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always going to be things that you want to do, but you're a little scared and you just need a little push. But it also makes me think that Brittany did not want to do the dancing with the snake. And, you know, maybe not in this particular case, but she was probably pushed to do a lot of things that she didn't want to. And to be honest, this can be healthy depending on the situation. I'm not quite sure how to judge this, but food for thought. In an interview from 2016, Brittany herself said, quote, I think it was great, but I wouldn't do that now. Never. I'm totally scared of snakes, but I was completely fearless. It was cool. I was scared of snakes back then, but I was just so excited that I was like, whatever. End quote. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> a lot of fans, and I believe even Brittany herself, have referred to the snake as Banana, but Mike says that that was not the snake's name, so it's crazy, because people have actually gone on, like, they just dove into these rabbit holes trying to search for Banana the snake, and no one has been able to Why? find Banana the snake. I don't know, because people are weird, and oh. it's just something that they were fixated on. Because right. they're like, this is such an iconic performance, but where's the, snake the is star iconic. player? Yeah. So they were looking for Banana. They couldn't well, find Banana. he's retired now because he made millions. No, his name was never Banana, so they couldn't find him or her. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So they couldn't find Banana, uh-huh. but someone, a journalist, yes, an investigative journalist, I guess, found out that the snake not named banana, I cannot express that enough, not named banana, is indeed um, doing great, much bigger than before, and yeah, still alive. As of recently. I don't know right this moment, but... I hope banana is having a great life. I mean, not banana, fuck. I hope not banana. I hope not banana the snake is having a great life. Same. Last month, Brittany actually made a post on her Instagram talking about this performance. I will read the caption. Jeez, this is me before my VMAs performance with Mick Jagger 20 years ago. This is one of my favorite dresses I've ever worn, and it's simple black lace. I will tell you this. Before I went on that night, I was feeling kind of out of body with nerves. I mean, I was in a cage with a live lion. And then, like, a lion emoji and that, like, surprise face emoji. I will never forget the moment before I went in the cage. And by the way, all of these sentences end with multiple exclamation marks. <laughs> okay, continuing. Justin saw I could hardly talk, so he held my hand and gave me a five minute pep talk, which obviously worked. Shrug emoji, shrug emoji, shrug emoji. Lion emoji, lion emoji, <laughs> lion emoji. Three rows emojis. Um, many exclamation marks. P.S. Guess I'm sleeping. <laughs> Z- emoji, because my eyes are closed in half of these pics. Laughing emoji. <laughs> I love her captions. And also the picture, the pictures that she posted. Her eyes were not closed in any of them except one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't <Okay>. know. Anyway, <laughs> um, and it was not a lion. No, I thought it was a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy mistake. But also that dress was also one of my favorite looks of hers. She looks fucking divine. So I will say that. And I love the casual Justin mention. And Queen is finally acknowledging how amazing she is. Before she was so humble. And, you know, we love humble. We're humble. But you have to recognize your own greatness, especially because you're Britney fucking Spears. Like, what? Yeah, give yourself a little pat on the back there, <laughs> I mean, Brittany. come on. So that was the VMA's performance. Now let's talk about the Michael Jackson performance. So a day or two after the VMA's, and I'm pretty sure it was after. It might have been a little bit before, but this was, like, the week before 9-11. Oh. Yeah. Um, Brittany and Michael Jackson performed The Way You Make Me Feel together in New York City, She later revealed that Michael had called her on her personal phone and um, he referred to her as, like, Applehead, which I guess is his term of affection. So he calls, like, his closest friends and relatives and loved ones and he calls them Applehead. Okay. (laughs) So he called her to personally ask her to perform with him. And this is unconfirmed, but I've heard that his label and his management was... Pushing him to go for Christina because she had a powerhouse voice. And he was like, no, I want Britney. Same. Mm -hmm. Not to, you know, choose sides, but same. And in an interview, in multiple interviews, actually, Britney revealed, quote, I didn't realize what had happened until I got off the stage. It was just really an amazing experience. It was awesome. I was very honored that he wanted to do this song with me. End quote. And it's, you know, it's really nice to see her perform with one of her favorite artists and someone that she looked up to. And I mean, come on, it's freaking Michael Jackson. It's freaking Michael freaking Jackson. Freaking Michael Jackson. And she's only 19 at this point. Oh, wow. And she just did or is about to do what is considered to be the best VMAs performance of all time by many. So, no big deal. In Leaving Neverland, Wade reveals that Michael was obsessed with Britney. Quote, Michael had some sort of obsession with Britney, and he would call me, and he'd want to know what it was like working with her, what she was like. Isn't she sexy? Isn't she beautiful? Wondering if I can set up a way for them to meet. End quote. Uh Thoughts? Well, I I don't even want to say anything because everyone really loves Michael Jackson. It's weird. It's definitely it's, weird. It's kinda creepy. Of it's okay creepy. to say it's creepy. It's creepy. Yes, it's creepy. Okay. <laughs> that's all I'm that's all I'm gonna say. From what I can tell, Michael and Britney continued to sort of support each other and show appreciation for each other publicly up until his death. Despite the allegations against him, Michael was and still is, of course, a pop legend. So it's very cool to see that um, he supported Britney and chose her to perform with him when she was only 19 years old and at a time when a lot of people were coming for her and her artistry, he sort of stuck up for her and... um You know, in a way, he passed on the torch to her. So, yeah, it just sucks that he's allegedly a, uh, a child abuser. Anyway. Anyway. Let's segue into the Pepsi commercials. (laughs) Okay. So, Brittany, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, was the Pepsi spokesperson from 2000 to 2004, and she was one of their greatest... In 2001, we got two amazing commercials, The Joy of Pepsi and Pepsi Generation. The original song for The Joy of Pepsi is, like, unironically a bop. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, hold on. Okay, so we just took a break to watch the Joy of Pepsi commercial, (laughs) and now it's going to be stuck in my head for days. Um, But the choreo, the outfits, both the commercials are really great, and Pepsi killed it. Um, Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Much better than Miss Kendall oh, Jenner. Oh, Lord. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. That was fucked. I That anyway. was, at a, and at a horrible time, too. Like, the most- Do you think they did it on purpose? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, this is on a conspiracy <laughs> podcast, so let's get into the album. She started recording the album Britney in February 2001. I love her self-titled. It is such a great and cohesive album. It's fun, but the themes are definitely more grown-up than Oops and Baby One More Time. The album was released October 31st, 2001. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart and was nominated at the Grammys for Best Pop Vocal Album. Six? Yes, six singles were released from the album. I'm a Slave for You, Overprotected, Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, I Love Rock and Roll, Boys, and Anticipating which was released as a single only in Taiwan and France. Weird. (laughs) Yeah, she was truly worldwide. Um, Anyway, chart-wise, this album did not do that well in comparison to her previous two albums. Honestly, Britney is not really a charts girl. It's a bit strange because this year in particular was huge for Britney. The Britney mania was real at this point. However, there may be an explanation for this. Clear Channel Entertainment, a company who had handled Britney's previous tours and who had owned most radio stations, was outbid by Concerts West for this upcoming tour. So it's long been rumored that a radio boycott ensued, which resulted in the singles underperforming. So they were mad that they didn't get to do her tour. Yeah. And they were like, fuck you. None of these stations can play Britney's music rude now that's just a rumor it's actually unknown whether this really happened but you know take it with a grain of salt so i also love that she has writing credits on every song but two and you can definitely tell that some of the songs are a lot more personal my favorite is overprotected and boys comes in as a close second obviously i also love slave for you and i'm pretty sure karina's favorite is uh, slave, right? Yeah, yeah, but I do like overprotected. Yeah, it's a lot. just over-protected. protected. So, fun fact: "Slave" was originally written by Pharrell for Janet Jackson, who eventually turned it down for what I think is an obvious reason. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? Now, the music videos for this era are also absolutely fantastic. I mean, just the choreography alone is iconic, but she's so confident. The vibes are perfection. There's a couple of making the videos, one for Slave and um, one for Not A Girl, that really show you the whole process and what goes into these videos. I recommend you watch them. I mean, in Not A Girl, she's literally sitting on the edge of the Grand Canyon, like the real Grand Canyon. This is not a green screen. I mean, how cool is that? Um, yeah, this is Britney at her best. So now the Dream Within a Dream tour. To promote the album, Britney went on what I believe to be her best tour ever titled Dream Within a Dream. The tour kicked off on November 1st, 2001 in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, very odd. Apparently the tour was named after an edgar Allan poe poem now why is that the most random but like very britney thing that i've heard today like can you yeah i i don't know what it doesn't make sense but it also does exactly <laughs> <laughs> so it was directed and choreographed by again wade robson and boy is it a sight to behold. At the beginning she's like strapped to this wheel and it's like spinning round and then there's this really great rock rendition of Oops. She performs I Love Rock and Roll on this floating pat- on this floating platform. She dance battles with a video projection of herself for Lonely and then she finishes it off wearing a denim outfit with a clear cowboy hat dances around in the rain to baby one more time, and jumps off a platform supported by bungee cords. It's the best thing I've ever seen. It's really, I keep saying you have to watch it, but you really have to watch it. Brittany teased a Live From Las Vegas special by donning a stunning Elvis-inspired getup. In late November, she performed at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. This was broadcast live on HBO, and was later released as a DVD. It actually won a Primetime Emmy for outstanding technical direction, camera work, video control from a limited series movie or special, which doesn't really have much to do with Britney, but it's really cool nonetheless, and to me, it kind of proves how amazing every aspect of this concert really was her next tour for in the zone, which we might get into next episode or no, we won't, but we will get into eventually. Um, it's also really great, but this one is just so, so good. Um, so I'm going to talk more about the second leg of the tour next episode, because it's sort of relevant to how she was treated by the media and by the general public after her, can I get a drum roll? Break up with Justin. Woo! No, that's a oh. boo. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> the sound effects, though. Okay, so we know that her first boyfriend, Reg Jones, had been either pushed out of the picture by her team or her family, who knows, Um, honestly, who really cares, and we know that he came to one of NSYNC's concerts that Brittany was opening for drunk with jamie and she was rightfully pissed about that so you know who knows how much this relationship actually meant to her we also went over those letters that she sent to him do you remember those yep (laughs) um but we haven't talked too much about one of her most discussed relationships and one of her most disgusting (laughs) exits timberlake dun, dun, dun. remember the beginning of their relationship was hidden in order to maintain their public images and honor the you fantasies of their fans so she constantly denied dating him nigel dick who directed some of britney's videos says that they were quote two great people as great friends in a relationship and they'd have done anything for one another end quote Throughout the Oops tour, Justin would even arrange surprise visits for her, and a source suggests that Justin provided the balance that Britney craved, which is an interesting argument um, because, honestly, I feel like he's kind of a diva, but whatever. Britney first suspected Justin of cheating on her in what I assume is around 2000. Um, Dennis talks about the band All Saints, and how Justin was seen with one of them, but he doesn't really go into too much detail. And uh, All Saints stopped touring in November of 2000. And that's a Canadian band, by the way, so, hmm. Anyway, it must've been around then when she was wrapping up the Oops tour. Regardless of these suspicions, the very close source reveals, quote, Brittany was so in love and she was convinced this was the guy she would marry. There were actually three pregnancy scares, but it didn't freak them out because this was her forever," end quote. Dennis says that their relationship became public knowledge by late 2001, which doesn't really make sense because, um, the famous denim outfit was January of 2001? I think it was a typo. I think he meant by late 2000. Anyway, Brittany bought a Spanish-style house in the Hollywood Hills where Justin moved into, and at this point, According to Dennis, marriage was basically a certainty. And then the cheating rumors happened. So according to sources from both Brittany and Justin's teams, this is Dennis telling it, by the way. So I am not, I am unsure, obviously, of what really happened. Nobody actually knows other than Brittany and Justin. But Justin found a handwritten letter at britney's house that revealed that something had occurred between britney and wade robson her choreographer yes so justin confronted britney which resulted in quote a blazing row and many tears but no apology end quote wade was actually also really good friends with justin and had worked on the album celebrity with him in 2001 Uh, and awkwardly, they're both on the track, um, What It's Like to Be Me on, uh, self-titled. The close source alleges that, quote, she was young, discovering life, and saw no harm in a kiss that went no further. But I'll tell you for sure, she only made out with Wade. They didn't have sex. In her eyes, Justin made a lot more of it because of his insecurities, end quote. Okay, so... That is from Inside the Dream, and I did, of course, a bit more digging on my own. All right, so when exactly did Justin find out? When did he find this letter, right? So apparently, according to an article I found by The Sun, so obviously take this all with a grain of salt, but it does make sense. Um, based off of what we already know, Justin found out about the affair, I guess you could call it, in February 2002, and actually, the night that he found out, both of them were scheduled to appear on SNL, and of course they still went through with the episode because they are two professionals and um, it's incredibly awkward to watch knowing what happened, and you can definitely tell that there's some animosity. Um, I will post that video on Instagram whenever I get the chance. We all know that I am quite last minute with those things, but that's, uh, that's the timeline. And then it's interesting because because as we've said, they broke up in March. And Justin even attended the Crossroads premiere with Brittany. Let's talk about Justin's track record. I couldn't find anything about Britney ever cheating on any one of her other boyfriends. Yet Justin has been accused of cheating in all of his relationships. In 2019, this all came to a head when he was photographed like, holding hands or intimately touching another woman in public, like, at a restaurant, on a, like, cast outing for a movie. So, like, with other people. How bold? Well, he was obviously married to Jessica Biel. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyways, this was the second time he allegedly cheated on her that we know of. On his wife. The first time was in 2010, apparently with Olivia Munn, who is now in an entanglement with John Mulaney and has her own interesting history with relationships. Look that one up if you're interested. It's a bit of a rabbit hole, and to me, it supports this claim about Justin from 2010. So if you recall from a couple of minutes ago, I mentioned the band All Saints. There was a rumor floating around that Justin cheated on Britney with the band member Nicole Appleton. Let's get into that a little bit more. He was photographed with her sometime in 2000, returning to his hotel in London. And the pictures are very suspicious in that they clearly do not want to be seen. I mean, obviously women and men hang out with each other platonically all the time, but knowing him, plus the fact that that they were headed to his hotel alone, I'm convinced that he cheated on her first. And very blatantly. I mean, wow, like, just taking this woman home and getting paparazzied or not home, sorry, but to his hotel alone and getting paparazzied yeah. listen, if I saw pictures of my boyfriend in the same scenario, I'd be pissed, and I'd be like you cheated on me, yeah, but I guess Brittany didn't well, that do was that. she did oh, so she, oh she that did. was who Dennis was talking about, oh right, okay. but she didn't she didn't break up with him she didn't break up with him, mm. okay, and who knows maybe. It's crossed my mind that maybe they weren't in such a serious relationship as everybody thought, mm-hmm. or as their teams wanted them to portray. Yeah, maybe you know? it was like a thing, you know? Yeah, and they were like, oh, we'll get married one day, but it's it wasn't as serious as I mean, that's that. pretty serious. But just, like, more joking about it and not actually being committed to getting married, because there mm-hmm. was never an engagement. Like, yeah. nothing like that ever actually came to fruition. That's true, yeah. People always say that it was in the works, but I don't know if there's actually any evidence. I didn't come across anything. Mm. So, yeah. other than claims. And honestly, I feel like some of those claims uh, were made in order to position Brittany as more of a villain, right? Yeah. Who knows? They could have also had an open relationship. Many people in Hollywood do. Mm-hmm. More than you may believe. So if Justin cheated on Britney this one time and got paparazzi it's possible he did it more than once, obviously. You do it once, you can do it again. He seems to have a really great PR team, in my opinion. I mean, we'll cover more of this next episode, and I'm sure in future episodes, but he was a huge asshole. However, it was always spun to the public in such a way that made him come out as the good guy and this is, I'm talking, I'm not just talking about, like, cheating situations, but many things that went way beyond that, like, he crossed many lines, and in my opinion, he still had a great public image up until free Britney blew up, and people realized he's been a horrible guy, so it's very possible that his cheating on Britney was covered up by PR. As we know, Britney has always had a terrible team, and by team, I mean, like, management, not Felicia, um, or her choreographers, but like Larry. (laughs) So I wouldn't be surprised if they went with the, like all publicity is good publicity route. Now I recommend everyone once you're done listening to this that you immediately listen to Eat Pray Britney's episode on Justin titled Pussified. He's actually such an asshole that I had to split this episode into two in order to cover his clannery as much as I possibly could. Yes, there's more. There's more shit that he puts her through, as I'm sure most of you know, but we'll get into it. I feel like next episode is just going to be... Justin hate fest? Yeah, it's just going to be like ranting and ranting and more ranting. Ranting and ranting. (laughs) So, we end here. The breakup. um, March 2002. However, I don't want to end on a sour note. I want to discuss really quickly how, I mean, we know Brittany recently got engaged. We love wedding planning. No, we are not married. No, we are not engaged. (laughs) Not even close. But I have to ask, what kind of wedding would you plan for Britt? Like, really quickly. I know Mm -hmm. she loves Hawaii. I'm going with a beach Uh, wedding. That's exactly what I was going to say. A beach wedding. Okay. I could just see her doing that for sure. Do we think... She could be, like, barefoot in this the sand. yes it I was just... So she, we know she loves being barefoot. Yeah. Do we think she's wearing, like, a traditional wedding dress? Or is she gonna go with something more, like, light and... Mm-hmm. Not modern, but, like, like, easygoing, I guess? Yeah, may, I don't know, because she is kind of, like, a southern girl at heart, you know? So True. maybe she would do something, like, pretty traditional. Okay, let's look at her wedding dress. But from... it might be, like, you know more relaxed so this was her wedding dress with kevin <laughs> oh oh my well i think that was like the ceremony dress yeah you're right because that one is really or, long. this is the yeah <laughs> okay so she kind of had two vibes going on it's pot maybe sense. she'll do this do that for this wedding i don't know i don't know but she's got this huge fucking rock already so that's true it could be really glitzy it could be really glitzy with her kids yeah. being like the yeah and the beautiful like hawaii ocean yeah the and, beautiful like, the... blue yes, water yes. ah so anyway we'll leave you on that note maybe you can think about your own wedding fantasy or you can keep adding on to ours i don't know <laughs> let us know your Brittany wedding fantasy Honestly, absolutely. Like, please email us. It's just the podcast name, Awakening at gmail.com. And, um, like, give us an entire outline. An entire outline, exactly. Include images. Oh, yes. Uh, graphics. Oh, uh, link us to your Pinterest. Yes. Um, the, your wedding Pinterest. All, all of that. All girls have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, free my girl. Free Britney. Free Britney until it's backwards. Get it? Britney free. Yeah! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Spiritual Awakening. That's S-P-E-A-R-I-T-U-A-L. And check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast for all of our sources Brittany updates and more see you next time and may the holy spirit guide you